This is Season 6 of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. What suggestion in a 1918 French fashion magazine was completely wrong? Who inspired the iconic Nokia ringtone? I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 11, where we scour the internet and other sources to find useless information just for you. Plus, we will answer your questions from our mailbag segment and headline from news from around the world, Brazilian singer tames her toots. Totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know. Beethoven to Bieber, rock and roll to rhythm and blues. This is totally useless music information with Nick and Roy. How poetic that was, huh? Oh yes, yeah. very musical. Well, not really, because she tamed her toots. Uh, welcome, thanks for joining <laughs> us week after God. week. Your heartbeat changes with the rhythm of the music. So this is kind of like a science and music at the same time. While participants of music listen to five random selections of Beethoven, Bach, Puccini, and other classical artists, as well as a two-minute segment of Silence, monitors recorded psychological signals. The researchers found that selections from crescendos, especially those with a series of them, like Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody, led to proportional constriction of blood vessels and increases in blood pressure, heart rate, and respiration. Yeah, like, you know, like think of like a Barry Manilow song or a Frank Sinatra tune or any of those guys. They'd end off with that big crescendo, you know? Yeah. And then you get the blood, uh... blood flowing, the heart pounds and bound chicka wow, wow. Yeah. Bound chicka wow, wow. The true birth of country music was during the Cold War mm. in the late 50s and 60s. In the 1960s, country music was considered folk music in the early 60s. But the folk music was taking a real left turn, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So not to be confused with communists, you mean? They got together in Nashville and said, we got to do something here. And of course, they then branded it the wholesome all-American country music. Became a brand new genre. And they moved away from folk music, which was becoming more of a socialist tone, so to speak. What the folk was wrong with them? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they should go folk themselves. That's what they say. Exactly. <laughs> you talk about being under pressure. That classic song by Queen, Under Pressure, it was mm -hmm. written by David Bowie and Queen. And they wrote that song, apparently, during a 24-hour binge of wine and cocaine. Yeah, that's always great. That's that's very, you know, influential in writing music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those folk people spend 24 hours of wine and cocaine like a marathon so they can write the song under you pressure. You know, Vanilla Ice, Vanilla Ice ends up winning the suit. For using the instead of bump 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 but a bump bump yeah he did bump 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 but a bump bump he uh, le he left out one bump yeah. <laughs> one last, little bump yeah one little bump <laughs> the last time I left out one little bump well there was a lawyer involved yeah <laughs> <laughs> figure that one out another country fact people assume country music is just American 
I mean, think about it. Most people think country music, they think America. Well, it's not. You Canadians, of course, have contributed a lot to country music with some of the major stars coming from your country. Yes. But there is a singer. He's from India. And the singer's name is Bal Kishore Daslawal. But he's better known in country music as Bobby Cash. Wow. <laughs> not Johnny Cash, Bobby Cash, his little Indian brother. <laughs> no, no, but he came from India, but made his country music career in Australia. And in 2005, he was recognized by the Country Music Hall of Fame. Country music is all around the world. I, I don't know if most people know, but I wrote some country music for a couple he of sure years. He sure did, yes. Yeah, with a, with a, um, a guy named Johnny. Hello, Johnny. Yes. Johnny, he's a fine folk. Johnny Rankin. Johnny Rankin. Uh, hello, Johnny. Thank you. Actually, he's partially responsible for the jingle that you hear, our theme. Yes, he's playing the guitar in the jingle. That's right. Thank you, Johnny. Uh, now, this is not a segue, I promise. You punk. This is not a segue. Mm -hmm. Few would imagine the genre that revolutionized music was actually born at a cinema matinee in the Peruvian capital city of Lima. Almost mm. a decade before the Ramones, the New York Dolls, or the Sex Pistols, the Peruvian band Los Psychos, or the Psychos, were screaming, speeding, and drinking their way to local notoriety. So it was a city, a cinema in Lima, Peru, that started the genre of punk music. Really? Did not know that. Love punk music. Love the Ramones. The Ramones were great. There you go. Jazz, uh, you said before about the crescendos and, and the effect on your body. Well, yes. when you listen to jazz music, your brain produces theta waves. These are the brain waves that produce problem solving. Okay. So, like, if you want to get smarter, you should just sit and listen to jazz music. In Nick's case, if you want to hear an echo, just listen to jazz music because his head is empty. <laughs> I was like, who's that artist? There's an art, a jazz artist named Echo. I didn't know that. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. The iconic, here's my tease, the iconic Nokia phone ringtone. Yes. I'll get that. Wow. And you're thinking, wow, maybe it was like a, uh, a computer program that did that. The Nokia tone, also called Grand Valtz, is a musical phrase from a composition for solo guitar by Spanish classical guitarist and composer Francisco Terrega of the Romantic period written in 1902. And here's a sample of his composition. Cool. Therapists use two forms of music for treatment of their patients. I have no patients. Okay. They are called active and receptive forms of musical therapy. Active and receptive. Active is where you actually play an instrument to soothe yourself. Like, for instance, I really do feel soothed when I play piano. For some reason, I don't when I play guitar. Oh. So that's pretty weird. Okay. But it, it, it's how I feel. When I play piano, it's always a slow ballad. When I play guitar, it's always more of a rock type thing. 
pretty strange. But then there is the actual receptive musical treatment, which is where a person listens to the music. And it is believed that the, the receptive listening will calm anxiety and stress. In Nick's case, he just bangs his head against the wall to a beat. <laughs> hey, it's called. There's a genre for that. It's called headbangers. Come on now. There you go. I just don't have the mullet anymore to prove that. <laughs> he loves that echoing sound when he hits it against the wall. You're listening, listening, listening to totally, totally, totally useless, useless, useless information nation with Nick and Roy. Welcome to the Totally Useless Information Fashion Show. You know, people are thinking, was that really an echo, or am I really hearing this incorrectly? Yes, mm, you're, you're no, hearing no, how show correct. <laughs> what was that, sorry? What? No, no they didn't. No, okay. <laughs> so the, the shoes yeah. of the medieval people, the people who wore, wore shoes from the medieval times, from the 1300s onward, Mm. Men considered long-toed shoes to be... How was it back then, Nick? (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember way back when. I only remember the 1400s. I remember those long-toed shoes. (laughs) Well, the long-toed shoes were the height of fashion. See how I wrote that that there? Yes. Okay, there. By the late 14th century, toes were so long on the shoes, they had to be reinforced with whalebone. Men were very short corset-like tunics that showed, I said tunic, that showed right. off the wearer's assets, too, if you know. <laughs> He's a lot of wordplay here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> tunic. That's what people write when they write an email at nickroy.com. Tunic. Yeah, tunic. And Roy. <laughs> so they're walking around with Bozo the Clown shoes on. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Reinforced by whalebone. And they think it's fashionable. Yes, it was in the height yeah. Of the fashion industry. Yeah, they, they didn't have to listen to music back then for anxiety and stress. They weren't going anywhere yeah. fast. No, they were. With the, with the <laughs> big right. clown shoes on. <laughs> yes. In 1918, this is my tease, by the way. All right. In 1918, a French fashion magazine made a suggestion. Their suggestion was that women should wear blue because it's a delicate and fragile color. And men should wear pink because it's bold and starts from the color red. Hmm. Okay. And I I think the French should wear yellow and carry a little white flag in their pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, cross off France. Yes. <laughs> you need to stay tuned to the very end of the show to figure out how many countries are left listening to totally i think the french should wear yellow so that when they say we we it doesn't show right right. (laughs) they have these two foot long shoes to to store it in exactly they can store it in in their long toe shoes now we talked about the uh, medieval shoes in the 1300s were two feet long 17th century shoes could be up to two feet tall what? These extremely tall platform shoes were all the rage in Venice in the 16th and 17th centuries as they helped women walk through the muddy streets without getting their dresses dirty, so they were functional. Ooh, Being yeah. tall was also seen as an attractive characteristic, too. The shoes were called chopines and eventually became so lofty and hard to walk in that wearers needed a servant to help them balance. 
Whoa. So they had people helping them walk. With these two feet. It's almost like walking on stilts. They're two feet tall. But they were considered to be attractive. Like, ooh, look at that tall, that wow. tall drink of water. Yeah, and they had servants, so that made them look cool, they thought, too. Yeah, see? So they probably were very long-toed as well. Can <laughs> <laughs> sure. you see the picture of um, Lincoln walking into Ford's Theater with his wife? And um, they're walking over boards because it had rained the day before and they put boards down. You don't realize that even in the 1800s, the streets weren't, they were mud. Yeah. And so they put boards down so they could walk without getting full of mud. So really instead cool. of like paving the streets, and it's really cool, but instead of paving the streets, they made the shoes taller so you don't get their, their dresses uh, dirty. Exactly. So they whacked their heads walking through the doors. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, wait a minute. I'm glad you said that because let's let's go flashback to one of our episodes where we talked about why there are pom-poms at the top of, uh, of hats is because when sailors used to wear the hats, they would wear them as they go into the ships and uh, underground into the bottom part of the ship they wouldn't bang their heads that's yeah, why they down below them. nick down, not underground yeah but. down below yeah. <laughs> underwater that's whatever. right yeah wherever the sailors are the wait, do, eventually wait, hold on. eventually after 100 episodes you'll begin to understand nickisms <laughs> do i hear an echo or is it just me it's just you okay fine you 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 <laughs> you you <laughs> oh you you the arabs got one thing right <laughs> cross off the arabs <laughs> down to 60 arab emirate off okay <laughs> in their culture and i i'm i'm fully with this in their culture shoes are considered dirty filthy things oh they don't even want them in the house they take their shoes off outside why bring dirty shoes that walked all over the floor in the dirt? Speaking of mud, why bring your shoes in the house? Makes sense. They also don't like shoes because their stinky feet are inside of them. Oh, okay, that too. Now, I wear nice leather shoes because I like them mm -hmm. and I can afford it. No, 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 no. I wear nice leather shoes because yeah. of the fact that they, they do keep your feet from stinking like that. But when you wear sneakers, guys, and everyone knows this, Take off your Nikes right now. Sponsored by Nike. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it, all right? Just do it. <laughs> and, and and you know what it is, okay? So why the hell do you... The, the Arabs got it right. And one more fact. If an Arab takes off their shoe and throws it at you, like they did at one of the presidents... Which president? It was President was Bush. President Bush. They tried to hit him in his bush. So they took off the shoe and threw the shoe at him because that is a terrible insult in Arab culture. Because you're throwing a dirty, filthy object at somebody. It's wow. almost like a monkey throwing his poop. Yes. Now, I'm glad you <laughs> said this because coming up soon is a brand new topic because we have over 17 topics here on Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Traditions and customs will be coming soon. Mm -hmm. To totally use this information with Nick and Roy. We'll talk about all kinds of stuff of traditions and customs from all around the world. So whatever countries are left listening to us after this episode, we'll talk about your customs and traditions. Yeah, and I think we're also going to have another uh, single um, little segment Yes, called called famous quotes by nick and roy <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a where we actually make the quote of the week <laughs> right yeah those, those are the shortest of short stories hey how about instead of confucius say it's confusion say right confusion say <laughs> nick and roy hi how about girls in wide dresses 
girls in wide or, dresses. Are they wide or wide? Wide, not wide. Wide girls wide. in white. Did I confuse you? I'm sorry. Sorry. Oh no, 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 no. I mean, are they wide? Were the girls wide? No. The cr the crinoline yeah. period from 1850 to 1870 involved layering several increasing ornate skirts over a large wooden hoop to create mm. truly massive outfits. This is just yeah, a well, style. Yeah, well, Kim Kardashian doesn't need the hoop. No, he doesn't. <laughs> she needs a hula hoop. She's a hoop. She's a hula hoop, yes. <laughs> so they would they would put several layers of, of these skirts over large wooden hoops to create truly massive outfits, as well as obstructing doors. Crinoline-clad women, say that one time slow, crinoline-clad women frequently set themselves on fire by brushing against candles, so the trend didn't really last that long. Oh, no, you don't want to do that. No. So But you know what? That's where the saying comes, she's hot. <laughs> it's exactly it. It's exactly where that came from. It really was hot. She yeah, was listen, fire. laugh, and learn. Yeah, see, we do give good information. Japanese warriors... Yes wore their hair in small braided ponytails and shaved the front of their heads. All right. So there's hope for you yet, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It really wasn't for fashion. But I'm bringing it up because it would hold their helmets to their head, which was a garment. Mm -hmm. So they would shave the front of their heads and then place the back of their heads into ponytails. A small selective group of these Japanese men would say things like, I have two looks. I can look like a warrior, and then at night I can look fashionable. <laughs> Go out on the town. Cross off Japan, Japan for a second yeah, time. That's right. Again, listen to the end of the show to figure out how many countries are left listening to totally useless information with Nick and Roy. All Japanese people, please go to nickandroy.com, nickandroy.com, and you know we are just joking because we do. I love Japanese cars. Yeah, we, we're, <laughs> we are an equally we are equally opportunistic when it comes to offending people. I like Japanese food too. Uh, here's now I don't know if you ever worn this in your because you, you're quite fashionable. I think uh, a good luck phallus. The Romans oh, the used old, the old phallus. Yes, the the Romans used the phallus or penis shaped objects as good mm. luck charms. Oh, yes. I they, have one. I wear it all the time. They, I have it with <laughs> yeah, you've had it for 59 years. They used them. And in, now with those slim fitting pants. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they used them in their homes as adornment, wore mm -hmm. them as necklaces, and they even used them as wind chimes. I adorn mine sometimes in the bathroom. They were believed <laughs> to fend off evil spirits and were yeah. objects that representing good health and good luck. The good old good luck phallus. Yeah, yeah. I have one hanging from my rearview mirror in my car. <laughs> <laughs> and a pair of testicles right. hanging out of the trunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. kind of fits yeah. my body type. <laughs> My phallic is in one place. My testicles are in another. <laughs> there you go. Now they have the anatomical uh, makeup of Roy. Fashion magazine. Yeah. Vogue. You know the fashion magazine. I mean, this is the iconic fashion magazine since it first came out. There is It, it sets the trends for fashion in the fashion industry. And if you are a collector, because people collect magazines, mm -hmm. if you're a Vogue collector, then you're on the lookout and you want to get your hands on the first issue dated 1892. Wow. 
the first Vogue magazine was issued on 18, in 1892. Excellent. You're listening mm-hmm. to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Guys, I got to tell you about a product called Athletic Greens. A friend of mine turned me on to this. He said, Roy, you're always complaining you're tired. Well, guess what? I am on Athletic Greens for about a month and a half. It is the best product I've ever tried. I'm sleeping at night. I feel great when I wake up. I have more energy than I've had in 20 years. My stomach feels fantastic. It's not growling and growling anymore. And now I turned Nick on to athletic greens it's a fantastic product it's only about the cost of a cup of coffee a day don't just take our word for it athletic greens is trusted by leading health experts such as tim ferris and michael gervais 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and adoptogens folks you clear your medicine cabinet of all those bottles of vitamins because it's all in one and they even gave us a special offer to give to you. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to their website, athleticgreens.com emerging. That's athleticgreens.com emerging to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Once again, that website, athleticgreens.com emerging also we'll put it up on our website nickandroy.com wall street bay street nasdaq pensing loonies toonies dollars and yens this is on the money with nick and roy nick in 1892 did you purchase one of those vogue magazines i did <laughs> <laughs> then I, in fact i gift wrapped and gave it to you for your birthday <laughs> You like them apples, huh? Yeah, in 1965. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, tell the people about your money facts. It was already a classic by then. How many ATMs are there in the world? This is a simple, clear, fast one. How many ATMs are there in the world? I would say 600,000. Well, I counted them. (laughs) (laughs) 1.6 million wow okay 1.6 million uh atms how much do you think is in each i I couldn't find out how much money is in an atm i think it varies though doesn't it yeah but if it was like a thousand dollars that would be billions yeah wow right so we need to jump on planes and fly around and get all these atms sure yeah um to the federal government, I'm not going to no, do that. No, exactly. <laughs> and then we'll find out, speaking of a brand new topic coming soon of traditions and customs, we're going to find out what the jail systems are from around, all around the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's customary in jail. Just send your yeah. files to nickandroy.com. Um, how long does currency actually last? This is based in the U.S. currency. A $1 mm-hmm. bill on average lasts 18 months. A oh. $5 bill lasts two years. $10 bill, three years. $20 bill, four years. A $50 bill, nine years. A $100 bill, also nine years. And coins, on average, 30 years. Wow. And now with Joe Biden, in a $100 bill lasts about 200 years. <laughs> <laughs> and now we can scratch off the United States as one of our listeners here on and totally. Joe is there going, come on, come on, come on, come on, man. Come on, man. Am I on the $100 bill? Yeah. <laughs> Money is very dirty. 
it's the root is. of all evil. It's yeah, dirty, it's dirty, dirty. And I'm not just talking about the singles that I bring to the strip club. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Scientists found over 3,000 types of organisms. Ooh. They used $81 bills, and they found 3,000 types, including pneumonia and listeria, food poisoning. Mm-hmm on the bills so here's an alert uh, 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 alert money is a super spreader this just in the fauciism money is a super spreader so place it in a ziploc bag and send it to nick and roy no <laughs> no nick and roy.com no and we'll make sure that we dispose of it properly no <laughs> that's what's called a ponzi scheme you nut bar Come on. No, 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 no. We're doing a service to the world. Here. Oh, we sure are. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's find out what the jail systems are like in the United States. We promise America. we'll wear a mask when we open the bag. Sure. <laughs> How about a mask over your face? Uh, the Canadian Mint up here in Canada, which is where I am. I'm in Toronto, Canada. Roy is in Fort Myers. Thank you for joining us here on Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. In case you were wondering, what the heck am I listening to? Now you know. Uh, the Canadian Mint. The Mint produces all of Canada's circulation coins, of course, and manufactures coins on behalf of other nations. The Mint also designed and manufactures precious and base metal collector coins, gold, silver, platinum, metals, and other medallions and tokens. So the Canadian Mint doesn't just take care of the Canadian stuff. They, they That's why Canadians are nice people. They help out other nations. Do they make bullion there? They do. Not, not, <laughs> not, for, the, not for the soup, no. <laughs> they make platinum coins and bullion, bullion. cubes. Yeah, I like the chicken one. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> A little chicken bullion coming out of there. Mm-mm. And they're like, what? No little carrots? <laughs> <laughs> sure. The largest American bill ever printed was the $100,000 bill. Ooh. And it actually does exist. It's usually used for business transactions. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, Elon purchasing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll take $48 billion of those, please. Yes, thank you. <laughs> wow. Big. Yeah. It, it has the likeness of Woodrow Wilson on it. Now, how ironic is that, that Woodrow Wilson, the leftist progressive, first left major leftist progressive president who literally almost tried to destroy the American monetary system has his likeness on the $100,000 bill. Amazing. That's where they hit it. cross off the progressives. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Now, here on Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy, as the title states, we give you totally useless information. However, if you're looking for a career, we can help you out. We can help you become a bank note engraver. Mm. The responsibility to approve all of U.S. currency designs belong to the U.S. Secretary of the Treasury. Bank note engravers are the ones who handle the complex and intricate job of engraving the money. If this sounds like this is your dream job, you better get started because it takes 10 years of apprenticeship to become a banknote engraver. Yes. In fact, I would like the U.S. Mint to please send all of the plates to me and Nick (laughs) at nickandroy.com. You can send them to us and we will check them. (laughs) Don't do that. Just print a few hundred up. Don't. And (laughs) 
just, no, you're in Canada. What do you care? Yeah. <laughs> well, sure. What do I care? Yeah, it's all right. I'll, I'll be. We're going to get all that plastic to make your money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least it'll last long in the what, 18 months? Come on. Please send your used water bottles to nickandroy.com. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay. Speaking of earning buco bucks. Yes. Apple. Yeah. The Apple company, which makes, of course, the iPhone. Yeah, yeah. Or just phone around the world. Yeah, it's just a passing fad. You were saying, yes. Nick Nick still uses uh, BlackBerry. Android. <laughs> he also uses Strawberry sometimes. Yeah. yeah, just yeah. My phone jam. is so old, I have rotary. That's the type of jam he gets himself into. <laughs> yeah. My phone is so old, I have rotary dial on my cell phone. All right, you were saying. <laughs> Nick's, phone, <laughs> Nick's phone is so old, it has a cord attached to it. <laughs> but how funny does he look when he gets into his car and pulls the cord yeah, out of his yeah, house? Yeah, that's right. And then the, the car got disconnected because the extension cord doesn't quite reach. Once he drove away, he said, wow, that's now a cordless phone. Did you <laughs> did you have a, like a money factor? Or you just wanted like, uh, you know, just, eh, make fun just of going on and on. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Apple. Yes, Apple earns multi millions of dollars a day. Mm. But they kind of broke it down. So here's what they came up with. They roughly earn over three hundred thousand dollars per sixty seconds. Whoa! So every minute, we just was joke. We were joking around, and Apple earned over three hundred thousand dollars. Just like that. Every minute of every day of every year. Like I was Please saying, send your iPhones to nickandroy.com. <laughs> <laughs> like I was saying, Apple just a passing fad. Uh, well, let's let's find out how much each of those uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars, how much each bill weighs. One dollar bill in U.S. currency weighs one gram. Hmm. So you'd need 454 of those dollar bills to make one pound. So I was wondering, because I wonder about, about these things, I don't I don't sleep at night. How much would it, how much most vampires don't? But right, go ahead. Yeah. But the, <laughs> that sucks. That means if you have $1 million in U.S. singles, it would weigh over a ton. Hmm. So if you had a suitcase of a $1 million in $100 bills, it Yo, weighs over 20 pounds. 20 pounds? 20 pounds for $1 million in $100 bills in a suitcase. It's not clear if that 20 pounds includes the weight of the suitcase or not, but go figure it out. Send a million dollars. No, we got to know this, Nick. I mean, if we're traveling, they're going to charge us extra at the airport. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the baggage fees. How much are the baggage fees? A million dollars. Well, just open it up and take it out, and then you won't charge us anything. That's right. So as we mentioned our website several times, and in case you don't know it by now, it's nickandroy.com. Nickandroy.com, and that's where you can send us an email. How do you send us an email? There's a little tab at the top that says contact us. Nickandroy.com. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mailbag? Uh, Marina from Cleveland, Ohio writes, Dear Nick and Roy, we love listening to your show every week. You guys are funny, and we are amazed how you get along. Yeah. Yeah, have you heard the rest of the previous part of this he hasn't show? Heard the outtakes. Yeah, that's all. The, you yeah. mother folker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some people hear the outtakes. Some people take the intake. Shut the front door. Here's my question, according to Marina from Cleveland. Why do we call defective new cars lemons? Hmm. 
So the history of the term lemon, just look up Roy's picture. See, two can play that game. <laughs> two can play that game. Nicky is such a fruit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's hysterical, right? Because they use, you're a lemon. Well, the lemon was used to describe something that was unsatisfactory, inferior, and worthless, according that actually originated in the United States. The Oxford English Dictionary tracks its first appearance to 1909. So let's go back to Marina's question, which was, I even forgot what the question was at this point. <laughs> Why do we call a defective car a lemon? In U.S. English, as opposed to any other ling- English, like Canadian English, <laughs> like I'm trying to speak. <laughs> okay, this one's written. <laughs> a lemon is a vehicle often new that turns out to have several manufacturing defects affecting its safety, value, or utility. Any vehicle that has several issues may be termed a lemon, and by extension, so may any product that has too many flaws to serve its own purpose. And that's why it's referred to as a lemon. Uh, well, I was in the automotive field. Yes. So I will clarify for you yes. why it's called a lemon and a lemon law. Okay. Because a lemon leaves a sour taste and so does a broken down car that's brand new. <laughs> it sure does. There you go. It's a sour effect. So lemon was thought of as a good term. So thanks, Marina, for going to nickandroy.com and emailing us. What do you have in your Because right, they wouldn't call it like a caviar. <laughs> <laughs> or Unless you were driving a Bentley with some great Poupon in the yeah. back. <laughs> well, I have Harry K. And he writes, I'm useless Harry K. now. From Wilton, Connecticut. Okay. Why? And that why? caught my attention. Uh-huh. So, of course, I read it. Yeah. And he says, I read the ones that say, I love Roy. <laughs> and the other guy, yeah, what's his name? Yeah. And the other guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's not conceited. He's convinced. And the other guy, guy, guy. guy. No, okay. <laughs> so, okay. But anyway, useless Harry K. now from Wilton, Connecticut writes, wow, I'm hooked. Now I'm officially useless. Okay. So I think we should call the people that listen to this show officially useless and make up T-shirts and sell some merch. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations to those of you who listen to the show. You are now deemed well, officially useless. Yeah, officially useless. And and he writes, thanks. Please keep up the good useless work. Okay. <laughs> so he used the word useless like 12 times. And for that, uh, we thank you, Harry K. from Wilton, Connecticut. Useless Harry K. Thank useless. you very much. Officially useless Harry K. So those of we, you useless we people, knight him. <laughs> yes, you've been knighted in the daytime. Uh, so go to uh, those of you who are useless, go to nickandroy.com. I'll repeat it because you're useless. Nickandroy.com and send us an email. And now for something completely useless. Her Royal Highness Grease Monkey. Queen Elizabeth was the first female member of the royal family to serve in the military, trained as a truck mechanic during World War II. The monarch secretly snuck out of the palace with her sister, Princess Margaret, and danced in the streets as the war drew to a close on VE Day in 1945, which celebrates its 75th anniversary on May the 8th. Her Royal Highness, the Grease Monkey, she trained as a truck mechanic in World War II. Well, most of you know that listen to this show that Nick and I were friends. We met in New York. Nick uh, was dual citizen with 
with his Canadian citizenship, went back to Canada mm -hmm. and over 31 years 30, ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 31 years ago. Yep. And I moved down to Florida. So Nick still lives in Canada. And I live in New York. But we, we're great friends from back in high school. And um, in like 1980, I'm trying to figure out whether it was 86 or 87. Okay. Nick and I came up with an idea for a little bag that we could open up and you could go to the hot water cooler, which were becoming popular, mm -hmm. and you could make a cup of coffee any way you wanted. You could make it light and sweet just from opening the one bag. We thought that that would be very convenient. Everything was in it. Everything was in the package. If you wanted one sugar, two sugar, cream. Remember what we called it? No, I don't actually. Coffee break. Coffee break. And I exactly. still have the notarized letter that we sent. I still have that unopened notarized letter that we sent to each other. So and um, so we went to Washington, D.C. to try to patent the idea and uh, and so on. Well, lo and behold, this week I found something. It's called the coffee bag. And I'm not going to give you the name of the company because they're not a sponsor. <laughs> not yet. Go to nickandroy.com and contact us. Brought to you by Apple. <laughs> no, no, so, okay. The coffee bag is a tea bag filled with an instant type coffee that's supposed to be as good as a freshly brewed cup of coffee. Now, this caught my attention because it does work. Like, you know, you can have it at a dispenser. Like a tea bag, you'll have a coffee bag. Not exactly the idea that we thought, but when I saw it, I said, I need to tell people about how long ago Nick and I, it predated coffee when Nick and I invented yeah. it. <laughs> the thing is that we did go down to the patent office. It was a road trip and way before the internet, of course. Yeah. So we had to literally go to thousands and thousands of patents about coffee and how the coffee maker was patented. And we were almost down to the last folder, if you remember. We're like, if, Because every folder that we went through that didn't have this idea, we thought we are one step closer of creating this coffee break. And then, and then the very, came the General Foods folder. Yes. The very <laughs> Of course, like every other, I mean, you would think we'd make this up, but no, the very last folder, we're thinking, okay, guys, here we go. This is it. But no, it was in there. So General Foods, they don't uh, they don't produce it. They just held on to the patent for the, I think, the 1920s or 1930s or something. Yeah, they, they bought it up and never made never. anything. But this guy, I would assume he's uh, infringing. <laughs> well, on the show today, speaking of infringing, we talked about music. We talked about fashion. We talked about money. Your favorite, it's time for the news. And now, from around the corner and around the world, this is TUI News. There are a number of significant milestones in any relationship. The first kiss, the first vacation together, the first time someone says, I love you, and of course, the first fart. Not necessarily in that order. While it's important to let your guard down and be vulnerable with your significant other, not everyone is as comfortable with letting everything out, which can lead to complications down the line. This was the case for a Brazilian singer who says she was hospitalized after severe stomach pains. Why? Hmm. An accumulation of trapped farts. No, wait. She wouldn't let it out. In front of her significant other, Vivian, Ooh. Vivian, spent Viv a lot of time with him. I guess she did. Yeah. Vivian de Quiroz Pereira was better known on stage as Polka. She was better known on stage as Poopa. 
<laughs> her name was Polka. <laughs> she revealed to her 15.7 million followers that she had been too embarrassed to let it rip in front of her partner. I've heard of her. That's Polka. She has the uh, famous song, I, I Like a Tuda. <laughs> <laughs> Cross off all Latinos. <laughs> so, so here's what I'm thinking. So she was really embarrassed to to let some gas out in front of her partner, but she told her 15.7 million followers that she has held her for two. Oh, Nick, she had to. I mean, she was hospitalized. The 27 year old who did shared. She looked as though she did. She like look as though she had gained weight. Was this gas building up? Was there a chance that she might have? exploded on stage and and maybe probably took a few people out in the first row <laughs> i don't know but i'm glad you mentioned that because the 27 year old shared a series of videos of herself in hospital she reassured her fans that with a pipe coming out of a she, she well she's now <laughs> fine following she the showed ordeal. that wonderful picture of her laying in a hospital bed and all the nurses with gas masks around her. <laughs> she woke up at 5.30 in the morning and ended up in the hospital. That's right. But that's it, guys. I'm now fine. Just an accumulation of trapped farts. Quote, Polka, wow. we'll call her Polka. Her name was Polka. Also urged her fan base not to make the same mistake as she did. Mm. As Shrek once wisely said, it's better out than in. You remember that great? Yeah, movie. well, she should have. I mean, she should have just said to her boyfriend, "Listen, this has got to, this has got to come out." You well, know? she said, "Polka quote says this is I quote now, girls, yeah, polka, don't." Polka. Maybe the boyfriend should have poked her. <laughs> <laughs> quote, girls. Maybe he was afraid to poke her stomach. Like, <laughs> 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 That's right. it's called birth control. Notice how I got out of that yeah. one. <laughs> 100%. She said, girls, quote, don't be ashamed to fart in front of your guy because what's really embarrassing is not letting your guy sleep because yeah. you're in discomfort. Going she used to do a lot of Latino music, this girl. She did the La Bamba dances and things like that. Now her and her boyfriend do the polka. <laughs> totally different. So she says... Because what's really embarrassing is not letting your guy sleep because you're in discomfort, going to the hospital with your guy, and the diagnosis being trapped farts. What she said is, okay, me boyfriend, he poke up. <laughs> I do La Bamba. And critics say she was a gas. <laughs> she, she, said, she should call up Joe Biden and say, I, got I can solve the gas crisis right, go. right now. <laughs> From now on, I'm letting them rip. So an article, <laughs> according to a professor, now, now this is the serious part. Now this is, you know, I, I mean, we it we should have be serious, fun. Nick. The woman was hospitalized. A professor this is no joke. A professor of nutrition and diet dietetics at the University of Newcastle. Dietetics <laughs> or a dietitian? Another Nickism. They reiterate that cutting the cheese is almost preferable to holding it in. Well, I'm glad that a dietetic. Yeah. <laughs> said that. Maybe she was diabetic. Who knows? <laughs> Holding in so the, the dietitian. The dietitian said a pun with the word cheese. Right. Do, cutting the cheese is almost. Well, that's a different issue. Well, holding in gas can lead up a buildup of pressure. So what is her name? Poopa? No, it's uh, Claire Collins. No, oh, Claire Collins. Yeah, right. No, I'm talking about the singer. Polka. Her name was Polka. Polka. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did she dance the polka? 
Yeah, she's like <laughs> Holding in flatulence for too long means the buildup of intestinal gas will eventually escape via an uncontrollable fart. On yeah, average, you don't want it coming out of your nose. No, you don't. <laughs> and, and so that you know, because it's totally useless information, on average, people break wind 14 times a day. No. Mm-hmm. On really? Aver- on average. I, I consider myself above average. a really good fodder. <laughs> <laughs> My son says it all the time. Dad, you're a good fodder. Yeah. Speaking of fodder. <laughs> no, or- I consider myself someone who, who is, is, is capable of relieving this problem. But 14 <laughs> times a day? Four, on average, 14 times a day. Really? Well, I'm going to start keeping count. Well, I'm going to use my iWatch. We are going to <laughs> your Apple iWatch. As a detector. Brought to you by Apple. We are <laughs> totally out of time here on Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. We thank you for joining us. We will scour the internet and other sources to get you totally useless information for you. Yes. And in the meantime, here's what we need you to do. First off, go to nickandroy.com. Leave us some emails. Tell a friend. Tell everyone about this show. Put us in, put it on Facebook. Put it on Twitter. And go Elon. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy is a production of nickandroy.com. Visit nickandroy.com to access the full library of episodes or wherever you get your podcasts.